This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. It's with Kevin De Bruyne who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane and it's another chance to make it three and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Welcome to our 25th episode of Season 2. Hope your weekend was better than any Tottenham fans. Now, speaking of Tottenham fans, uh, we're back with the chairman of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who's hired bullies to take James Ward Prowse's lunch money and who enjoys a good ice cream binge when things aren't going his way. Sad times. It's Jared Bustamante. How are you doing? They'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I feel you. I really do. I feel you. Uh, And we're back with the leader of the Casey Gooners, the man who's glad Aubameyang's new shooting boots actually worked and who clearly missed Mustafi in their weekend fixture. Probably not true. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? Just like St. Totteringham's Day, it's back on. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be here again. Look out. Oh, I don't want to say it. Anyway, uh, let's swiftly move into our first game, which is another round of Question of the Match. Same as last week, uh, but in this version, each person is going to get one question from the main talking points while the other guys uh, help out with the discussion. Uh, so two points per correct guess, as before. Here are this week's topics. Arsenal triumph over United. Spurs slump to the Saints. Chelsea's late share of the spoils. So, boys, you're up first this week. Go ahead and pick a topic for us. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't allow Jared full access to the Spurs match, so I'm going to go with Arsenal versus United. <laughs> Arsenal versus United. That might be a good pick for you, bud. Goals from Xhaka and Aubameyang. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, his first official Premier League loss as Manchester United boss. The final score was 2-0. Uh, Boyce, your quiz question for this one. How many overall shots did United have in this game? Was it 8, 12, or 14? 12? It was 14. Unlucky, bud. That was a close one. But uh, it was the same amount as Arsenal, uh, believe it or not. Same amount of shots uh, on and off target. Um, So give us your breakdown of the game. Do you think it was a a fair result on reflection? Do you think Arsenal deserved the win here? I mean, I think in the end it was a fair result. But the reality was, as with most of the matches between top six candidates in the EPL this year, it was on a knife's edge. I think if Lukaku actually wears his shooting boots for the evening, I think he must have left them at home after the last four or five matches. (laughs) But, you know, he had a chance in the eighth or ninth minute to be able to score past Lino. He had a couple opportunities in the match. If those go in, perhaps it's a little bit different. But fortunately for Arsenal... You know, after a few instances of potentially bad luck, this one turned in our favor. I think, you know, everybody's shooting, shoot at Jaka from outside of the box. (laughs) And uh, it doesn't always necessarily come off. But that shot was nasty. Mm -hmm. It was one of those situations where, I, you know, I feel a little bit of empathy for David De Gea there. I think he just thought from the flight of the ball that it was going to go to his opposite direction. And he got sort of punked. Uh, (laughs) He leapt six feet away from him. But I, I think... Especially after the idiocy at Ren, where Socrates got you know a suspect yellow, and then we just melted apart in the end of the first half, and then throughout the entirety of the second, it was something that you needed to see. And it's refreshing with eight matches left to go to see Arsenal at fourth in the table with a two point lead over United, uh, even if Chelsea went out with their game in hand. Uh, you know, the concern as an Arsenal fan is the same that it ever is, which is the fact that we have three home matches against Palace, Brighton, and Newcastle, and then five away matches against 
basically teams seven through 11 in the table Mm -hmm. and our best away win of the campaign at this point is Bournemouth. Obviously we haven't had an opportunity to play the teams outside of the top six away, except for West Ham, which was a miserable one nil loss. But I think with the 24 points that are left for Arsenal to potentially accrue the 15 that are away from the Emirates are going to be the key as to whether or not they finish in the top four. And I think anything less than 10 and Arsenal would be pushing their luck, I think. Mm, interesting. Jared, was it a bad day at the office for United or something that perhaps Ole needs to think about moving forward? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in all reality, <laughs> United kind of doing their best first impression, really. I mean, they you they should have been up in that first half. How uh, Lukaku doesn't put that ball away is just remarkable. Yeah. Uh, doing his best Sadio Mane impression, who was in turn doing his best Chris Wondolowski impression. Never forget, Chris, we still hate you. Uh, but <laughs> bad luck, I don't know. But Arsenal responded. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Uh, it's a huge win at home for them. Uh, you know, we're over here, you know, kind of rooting for a draw. Yeah, I'm frustrated to no end that we're rooting or we give a f- about this match at all. So I was upset with how much I paid attention to this game, James. Mm. Uh, it, I, we should have been kicking back and just really, you know, letting Chelsea Arsenal and United kind of duke it out. Uh, and instead, we were very interested. And I think Oli will, you know, he's had, I, I think, the best start in the first run of a Premier League manager ever. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. I think. You even had an unconvinced Lee Dixon, anybody who listened to the broadcast with respect to Arsenal's performance, which I, I don't know if he was just overcompensating or what. But I'm further topsy-turvy, and I agree with him. And saying, like, you know what? I think this is just United kind of coming down to earth a little bit. Mm. Uh, Arsenal are a quality side. And sometimes it just doesn't go your way not to take anything, you know, away. Like I say, you know, Granit Xhaka, anybody tracking my Twitter account, I just, you know, long walk off a short pier, but, uh, but <laughs> it, um, you know, I think, I think it'll be okay going forward. I find it interesting that I think I read uh, something about uh, Solskjaer uh, returning to his old club he was managing over the summer. Uh, so I, I don't know if that was the intern chimpanzee at the sun, just banging at the typewriter uh, that just came out. I have no idea. Uh, but, it's interesting. I mean, the world of managing football is, you know, crazy. Here we have Zinedine Zidane back at Real Madrid. So really, anything's in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I do think, you know, they'll view this as just kind of more of a blip. Uh, I think you mm-hmm. saw some you saw some creativity there. You saw, you know, if anything, this was kind of a, a chance for Paul Pogba to really take control of a match and, uh, uh, and, and put his name on it. But I think anybody watching that saw that, uh, you know, he just, it was almost Eden Hazard-esque. Like, you can't do it yourself. And he was yeah. almost forcing it. And at that point, Arsenal had already had the game won. So mm-hmm. I think they'll be all right. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, not at the expense of Spurs' top four hopes. Well, it is that time, Jared. I'm going to assume you're going to pick the Spurs category. But let me pitch it to you anyway. You have two topics left. You have Spurs <laughs> slumped to the Saints. Or Chelsea share late, uh, late points with the Wolves. Uh, which one would you like to talk about? Uh, all right, let's do it. <laughs> let's let's unravel it. Spurs have now just gained uh, deep breath here. Spurs have now just gained one point from twelve as they suffer another shock loss in the hands of the Saints. The final score was two one. Jared, your quiz question: When was the last time Spurs lost to Southampton? Was it twenty sixteen, twenty thirteen, or twenty twelve? Hmm. 
2013. Unlucky, bud. No, it was actually more recent. It was 2016 they got us last time. It, yeah. It must have been that recently. Wow. It was, it was indeed. Yeah. Kind of crazy, but uh, crazy, but true. Um, all right, Jared, let's, let's, let's go ahead and uh, pick this apart. Obviously, the Burnley loss is one thing, the Southampton loss, another tie from Arsenal, lost to Chelsea. What has, what has happened to this Spurs team over the last month? So what's really interesting is we were texting about this, and I, I admit I put our uh, uh, who kicked the corner flag chat on mute because I just didn't want to see it because uh, the gloating voice is my least favorite voice. And <laughs> there was a point made that a you know that Harry coming back almost made us worse, and it got me thinking about this. Mm. You know, one of the big arguments uh, you know about this team is that you're not signing any players, uh, don't have the depth. Uh, uh, to kind of go forward. And what's interesting is that, you know, Spurs did pretty well uh, and have had to suffer through a lot of injury woes this year from Eric Dyer apparently needing to be a bubble boy to Harry's ankle that is just he's due for every single year, apparently. And we rely on these guys like Min Sun and Harry Winks to step up, and they have. And I wonder if, you know, we kind of jump into the spring Again, to borrow a point that a buddy NFL Spurs supporter made today is that I was pitching this to him. It's like, I don't think depth is the problem. You know, I think we, we've survived without Harry Kane. And he made the great point and say, you know what? But no one is really afraid of their starting job, like someone coming up and taking it. Mm. And that is the best point that I've heard is that we are an exceedingly mediocre depth squad. We are competent top six. We can clearly perform months apart in Europe, getting by with a whole lot of luck out of the group stages and really making it count. But the problem is there's nobody coming up really vying for those those starting spots. Kyle Walker-Peters was just a rag doll out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just – it was unreal to sit there and watch. And the problem is – you got two of your best players in Hurricane and Deli Alley out there together again and combining for a beautiful goal. I mean, to see Deli's creativity it was an amazing thing that we absolutely lost. But this was a match where we were clearly rotating people in, like Lucas, like Dyer, like KWP, and it just it fell apart. And I'm not even, you know, War Prowse, hell of a free kick. You gotta be kidding me. I mean, I, I said this at the match, you know, to our Southampton supporters who were watching it next to I was like, well, buy your kits now because you ain't going to be there next season. I mean, the guy's a dragon <laughs> killer. But the fact that we could not score, I it is it is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely inexcusable. Uh, the position that Spurs are in right now, given that talent. And if this isn't a wake-up call to the chairman of the board, then I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. And... I love Mauricio and he's going to, you know, and take him down to Barcelona and running him out. I have no doubt that this is the Titans at Gettysburg. He is doing his best to reset, regroup and revive this squad. And by God, it better happen. Mm -hmm. Boys, go ahead and give us your perceptions of this. uh, I want to say meltdown in the nicest way possible. But uh, how do you think they get out of this? Uh, Where do they finish this season? And uh, what's things looking like moving forward? I think the difficulty here is the fact that what Jared alluded to at the end of his commentary is the fact that they haven't spent money. Levy hasn't spent money. And now you're staring down the barrel of a new stadium and potentially starting that and opening that new stadium with a Europa League match. And 
it's a very real worry. I, Pochettino can take them down to Barcelona and he can run them ragged and he can put them through the motions. But the reality of the situation remains that they've got to come back and their first match back is against Liverpool at Anfield. Mm-hmm. That's not an enviable position to be in when you're desperate for form, you're desperate for momentum. And the first match back is one that I guess if you win could put you on the bounce. But Liverpool are still desperate for points. They're one point behind City. They're vying for a title. And CBG is not around to fall down on the ground. So, you know, they're a team that, you know, again, is is lacking a little bit on the offensive side, but they're not one that ships goals. I think they still only allowed 17 for the entire campaign through 30 matches, which is insane. But for Spurs, we've talked about it over and over and over again. And I think that's why this one hurts so much is the fact that when you have a way to City and a way to Liverpool as two of the final eight fixtures remaining, you're in trouble. You know, I, I think even a neutral would argue they would probably be lucky to grab a point mm-hmm. from those two matches. And that puts you at negative five. And if you beat Southampton and you're up four, negative five is not so bad. Other teams are going to drop some points. But now you're one up on Arsenal. If you drop five points, that's four that Arsenal could potentially lose. And they're inevitably terrible losses to mid-table teams who are just thinking about spending their own summers in Barcelona. I think for Spurs, it's just... It was just a let off watching, you know, it was one of those things I've been watching social media for the first half because I was not going to endure the idea of watching a Spurs team murder Southampton and Kane scored that goal off of what was admittedly a lovely ball from Ali. And all I saw on social media was everybody talking about how Spurs were dominating. And when I checked my phone at half, they were only up one. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to sit down and watch this match. And what happens? We argued last week about whether or not Danny Rose should have been sent off for the cleats to the middle of Leno's chest. Well, I'm almost glad that he wasn't because that ghost that he played for Southampton's first goal was a thing of beauty. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing there. And you look at other situations for Spurs. I actually think they were lucky in this match. Sissoko probably should have been out for a headbutt red card. And... If it was a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity by Kyle Walker-Peters, it could have been insult to injury before Ward-Prowse scored that goal. He could have been off with a red as well. And Spurs, you know, it, they just don't have the depth to be able to endure that. And I know hats off to you guys for taking Dortmund to the woodshed. That was a really impressive tie in the round of 16 in the Champions League. But we've talked about it before. I'm not sure it's good for Spurs. I mean, guys can entertain the notion that maybe you'll win the Champions League. And given the fact that some big teams have dropped out, you can certainly make some some hay and throw some punches in that tournament. But it's unlikely, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's unlikely at best that Tottenham are going to win the Champions League. And now you have two midweek fixtures centralized in the middle of April. They're going to detract further from matches that you really need to be taking seriously in the league. I, I think there are 24 points left. If Spurs drop five to Liverpool and City... If they drop any more than three from the remaining six fixtures, I don't think they finish in the top four. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Tottenham fan, the only thing that kept Arsenal really afloat during the early Emirates era was the Champions League. At that time, the money was a little bit more important than it is now. But still, it would be a disaster of titanic proportions if Daniel Levy didn't spend a dollar over two transfer windows and Spurs ended up in the Europa League after having a 10-point lead with like 11 or 12 matches left to go. Mm-hmm. That's just the ultimate disaster scenario. And if you're Tottenham and you didn't spend any money when you were in the Champions League, now that you have a new stadium, are you going to spend more money? You're going to have to sell. 
it makes it a very, very interesting scenario. Uh, one, I'm almost trying to figure out how it's going to play out. But uh, as I always say, I guess time will tell. But it, it is very intriguing. Let's go ahead and move on uh, to our last topic, which is uh, comfortably neutral for all of us involved. Uh, it is, of course, the Chelsea managing to snatch a late point from the Wolves. Eden Hazard denies Wolves all three points at Stamford Bridge with a late equaliser. The final score was 1-1. Uh, boys, this one is for you. How many points have Wolves gained from the big six currently this season? Is it six, nine, or ten? I believe it's ten. It is ten. Nice work. Yeah, four points there. I'll get you those two. Um, <laughs> Wolves have been on some epic run against those top six. Very impressive. Uh, but how do they close out the season, boys? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> at this point, they've got a rescheduled match against Arsenal. If you don't think that that's something that absolutely terrifies me, that they have to go to Wolverhampton and play in probably a midweek match in late April, that's not great. Uh Wolves have been fantastic throughout the entire season. They had a little bit of dip in form in the middle as I think that they were getting their bearings about them. But I think they have every opportunity to secure seventh. And if things fall their way, they could end up in the Europa League next year, which I think is a pretty impressive statement for a team that just was promoted. Mm. You know, if you look at their schedule right now, it's not enviable in the fact that They have United in an FA Cup match. They've got United in the Premier League. They have Liverpool away. They have Arsenal at home. There are some fearsome matches in there, but this this Wolverhampton team's quite good. You know, and I I think it's interesting to me. I was computing over the weekend. I believe they also have more top six points than Spurs or United. That sounds right, actually. Yeah. And they might have equal to or just like a point less than Chelsea. And they're really close to Arsenal even after their win against Manchester United. I know that they get an extra match because they're outside of the top six, but that's some pretty impressive performance. You know, the question is, what do Wolves do for the rest of the season? Mm -hmm. I think the premise there is, what do they have to fight for? You know what I mean? Like, as the season progresses, their last matches at the end of the year at Anfield. Um, Liverpool are probably desperately going to need to win that match. Yeah, I'm sure Wolverhampton would like to finish seventh, but there's no way they're going to finish sixth. And there's not much to play for except for Jimenez is contract at another club. I think there are a lot of players on Wolverhampton that are playing for contracts at other clubs and uh, bully for them as far as that's concerned. But I, I think their role for the rest of the campaigns probably is spoilers. And if they get by United uh, next weekend in the FA Cup, I suppose there's an opportunity for them to win the FA Cup, although nobody wants to face Manchester City in a cup final by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> and who knows how that would go. But, yeah. you know, I, I think it's a really impressive result for a team that is doing more damage against the top six, I think, than any team outside of the top six in a decade or something close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the stats, like you said, have, uh, said before, have been very impressive. Um Jared, Chelsea have had a say a roller coaster of a season, but um, how do they close this season out? And uh, if Hazard was to leave, how do they how do they move forward? Well, I mean, they still have Europa League matches um, that they're kind of you know limping along. Uh, I know nothing about Dynamo Kiev, um, or you know, <laughs> all I know is the Ukraine is weak. But you know, they could ride this out. I mean, there are a lot of trap games here. I mean, they still have Watford and West Ham, which you can't look past. I mean, it's you look at the standings now, and there are certainly tiers, right? It's City and Liverpool that are just going to eat each other. Then you have four vying for top six, 
and then you have Wolves, Watford, West Ham, and then Leicester. And everything has kind of separated itself. But I'll tell you what, I'm looking at this, and they still have West Ham, they'll host Burnley, and they host Watford, and then they're at United, and they're at Leicester, including at Anfield. They could have some real trouble kind of closing this out, which as a Spurs fan really kind of gives me a little bit of comfort. I think, you know, the general commentary has been well sorry, finally has control after, you know, the, the debacle of, you know, Kepa effectively saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming off. Or <laughs> Willie Caballero just standing there, like I said before, you know, watching his parents get divorced in front of his eyes <laughs> awkwardly. Uh, I think it was all his fault. But it, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, they have Pulisic coming in in the summer. You have the transfer ban. I just really, really curious to see uh, how this squad goes forward. Uh, replacing a player like Eden Hazard uh, is, uh, I don't think I'm overstating it. I mean, he is a he is a generational player. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you're going to bring in Pulisic on the wing, as how much of a fan I am of him as an American. And perhaps it was just because he hasn't been, had a good run out uh, with Dortmund this year. Uh, you know, you watch him get neutralized by a exceedingly <laughs> average Kieran Trippier. Uh, and then when he does burn Trippier, because he will inevitably be out of position, uh getting in on goal and kind of getting the yips. So it'll be interesting to see if Pulisic kind of fits into the squad uh, outside of that, uh, you know, building it around Iguain. You have Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, you have hudson Odoi. I mean, there's some talent here, but I'm just curious as to see if they lose more players. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be trying to, you know, kind of cash in and kind of build the war chest until they do have transfers. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I, I think things have certainly looked better uh, for Chelsea and uh, I'm certainly fine with them looking poor. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next game, which is, of course, another round of Rumour Mill. Uh, so once again, to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I made up. So it's basically true or false. Two points for a correct guess, and Jared, you're up first with this one. Watford winger Gerard Delefeu says he's determined to join, quote, a top team at some stage. Quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like him. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dick because it is true. Yeah, nice work, Gerard. That'll get you those uh, those two points. Goal.com uh, wrote those words. Uh, let's say it's true because he probably did say it. But uh, yeah, nice work, Gerard. Two points for you there. <laughs> Boys, this next one's for you. Man City boss Pep Guardiola could be set to replace Allegri at Juventus with reports of a four-year contract on the table. True or false? That sounds just dumb enough to have been reported, but I'm still going to say it's false. There's absolutely no reason for him to leave City. Uh, it is true, unfortunately. The mirror uh, of all places. Sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> hey, man. They're going to pay him in cardigans. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Italian Marino wool. Yeah, love it. Uh, anyway, the Mirror did uh, did publish that story, boy. So uh, unfortunately, no points there. Uh, Jared, this next one's for you. Man United forward Romelu Lukaku is now owed a drink from each of his starting eleven teammates against PSG, as he wagered he could score at least two goals against the French side. False. False. It is false. Nice work, Jared. Yes, you got those two points there. <laughs> Clearly making that up. Would he do that? Probably. Any player would probably do that kind of bet, wouldn't they? But uh... I, it, it, it sounds like an Eric Dyer bet. 
That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, maybe I should have put it for him. Uh, but yes, nice work. That'll be two points for you. Uh, boys, this last one's for you. Spurs and South Korean player Sun Hyung Min has agreed with his father that he will not marry until he retires as a player. True or false? It's what? this flash dance what's going on uh i don't know that sounds absolutely ridiculous so i'm gonna say it's false it's true according to the guardian uh crazy jared actually told me this one (laughs) great story i mean so it's it's a little nuts but like it's actually pretty heartwarming he like just alludes to so uh sunny's father was a professional footballer in, in south korea which i didn't know and just like trained him and did all this stuff. So it's like, you know, he can focus on his family and all of that. And the notion is as soon as you get married, the most important thing in your life is family and your children. So if you want football to be the most important thing in your life, don't get married. And he's like, <laughs> okay. He lives with his family in a, in a two bedroom flat in Hampstead, boys. What? Really? All right. I kid you not. Yeah. Like this dude is just the family man to a T and it cracks me up. I love him so much. Let's go ahead and move on to our last game, guys, which of course is another round of player profile. So uh, as before, I'm going to give five clues to a Premier League player. Each clue easier than the last. First person to shout their name and correctly guess said player wins those points. But you only get one guess as an incorrect shot freezes you out. This week, your clue to these players is brace yourself. Brace yourself. This translates to players who have scored at least two goals in a single game this season. This season. Guys, we ready for this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Player number one is the only player of his nationality currently in the EPL. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Obama Yang. Uh, it is not a bombing. No, I have to do some stats to double check he's not. But it, according to this, he's not. <laughs> so that does, <laughs> that does freeze you out, unfortunately. Uh, Jared, these last clues are for you. Has scored 14 goals this season. Wears the number 10 shirt. Used to play for Southampton. Now plays for Liverpool. Used for Liverpool. Uh... The accent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sadio Mane Sadio Mane nice work yes that is absolutely correct Uh, his brace was against Watford uh, back in February so just a couple weeks ago Um, nice work Sadio Mane nice work Jared player number two is a Serbian international plays for a London club has scored 10 goals so far this season Used to play for Newcastle. Now plays for Fulham. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Mitrovic. Mitrovic, bam, there it is. Yes, that's absolutely correct. And it'll get you those two points. Alexander Mitrovic. His brace was against Brighton back in January. What a guy. What a player. Anyway, let's uh, let's move to move on. Player number three is a Brazilian. Where's the number 30 shirt? Has scored 11 goals in 28 current club appearances. Used to play for Watford. Now plays for Everton. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Richarlison? 
Nice! Yeah, it is from Charleston. Nice work on that one. Uh, yep, his brace uh, in this instance was also against Brighton back in November of 2018. Uh, nice work there, boys. Poor Brighton. <laughs> Brighton. I know, I'm just picking Brighton here. <laughs> against Brighton, against Brighton. Uh, player number four is a defender. A Dutch international. Used to play for Southampton. Boyce. Jared. Jared. Ooh, ooh, just Boyce by a hair. Oh, so what is it, Boyce? Van Dyke. It is. Yeah, Virgil van Dyke. <laughs> nice work on that one. That'll get you those two points. Uh, the last two clues were now plays for Liverpool. First name is Virgil. Virgil van Dyke, And his brace was against Watford um, back in February. I think it was the same game as when um, Sadio Mane got his brace. So two for him, two for Virgil. Um what a game. What a game. Anyway, last player of the game is an Englishman. Has scored 30 goals in his 83 EPL appearances. Has been with his club since 2014. Currently plays for Bournemouth. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Callum Wilson. It is Callum Wilson. Nice. Correct. Yeah, that'll get you those two points. Uh, the last clue on that one is first name is Callum, and his brace specifically was against Fulham back in October of 2018. But, guys, that is the game, and this actually was a close one this time round. Uh, Jared, you came away with six points. But, boys, congratulations, bud. You have come away with ten and the win for this week. How do you feel? You know, everything's just coming up, boys, this weekend. An Arsenal <laughs> win over Manchester United, a Sporting Kansas City win, and now we have uh, Getty and Zellalem on Sporting Kansas City, which is, is quite lovely. That actually, yeah, what a what a pull on that one. Yeah, good good deal on that. Jared Bud, I, I'm sorry. I really am. You know, I really thought this Bournemouth one at the end might bring you back into it. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, but just uh, just tell us how you feel. Do you need a hug? Do you need a hug? I, you know, <laughs> I, I will just go and... Hug my infant son and apologize to him for a lifelong period of agony and supporting a club. Make you perpetually angry and frustrated. That's uh... he's also going to be a Kansas City fan. And let me tell you, wolf. <laughs> That's, that's a that's a rough life there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, being a, a sidestep here to the NFL, but being a Chiefs fan and a Spurs fan is uh is is tough. <laughs> it really it is tough. Uh, um, not to mention a little like quiz, a non-football quiz for our viewers is uh okay, so I went to a college that is one of the last four remaining schools that has been an NCAA Division 1A basketball school and has not made the tournament. So we can put that out there and all that. So that's what level of torture oh. that I have so far. And we just lost in our conference tournament this past weekend to make it yet another year of oh no teams from this school. So, oh dear. Oh By the way, to finish our earlier conversation, the other Gabonese player in the Premier League is apparently Mario Lamina. Ah, thank you for, for researching that. Um, interesting. So, whew. See, what's I, funny, I thought it was going to be Wes Morgan. It's like, is he the only Jamaican in the premiership? I was oh, trying that's, to, like, yeah. that down. That's a good is point. It right? Raheem Sterling's technically a Jamaican, right? That's that's a good question. Um, 
I think it's the other way. I think technically he's English, boys. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. He played in the England World Cup team, so let's just go with that. <laughs> I don't want to sharpshoot you, but... <laughs> and again, none of this is getting edited. Love it. Um, well, folks, that is uh, that is it for today. Uh, big thanks, as always, to my guests, Jerry Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. Don't forget to share the love, as always, by rating us on iTunes and, of course, subscribing to our weekly episodes. You can also check us out and our musings on our Twitter page, at Kit Corner Flag, as well as our Facebook page and website, kickflag.com. Final words, Jared. Let's just all embrace the irony that Arsenal supporters are now giddy with delight that they are now close to sniffing at Spurs. I'll take that. <laughs> close. Uh, and Boyce? You know, five years from now when Spurs fans are pondering what could have been... Remember that time we were 10 points up over Arsenal with 12 matches to go. We'll be like, remember the Alamo cry. Oh, dude, we have so many more of those. Is this going to be lost in the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's all we have time for. And until next week.